So I'm Nicole Riley, lead and teaching pastor here, and if you want to follow along on the sermon notes, you can do that on the app. It uh, says July 3rd, but it is for today, July 4th. So it's summer. Are you enjoying the summer so far? Yeah, it's summer. Summer is a different rhythm, isn't it? It's a different way of living. Summer is that time when we maybe spend a little more time with family because kids are out of school, or maybe we get to go on some trips, some new adventures. I think summer's often a time where we get a chance to pick up a good book and read some stories, some stories that impact us, some stories that get us thinking. So over this summer, we are taking some time to look at what we're calling summer stories. And these are uh, Jesus's parables, Jesus's stories. So Jesus spoke in parables, and parables are these stories that kind of turn things upside down. They want us to see things in a new way. They want us to see ourselves in a new way. Um, last week, we talked about how the kingdom of God spreads among us. And we looked at how God is that sower of seeds, spreading his way his wisdom, his life among us. And, and we are that soil, that soil that is to be receptive to what God is giving us. But we know that sometimes we're not such great soil. We're rocky soil. We're thorny soil. And so if we're going to be used by God, then we also have to be people who spend some time tending our own soil, tending our own lives. This week, we're going to talk about the parables of loss and redemption. And we're going to look at a group of stories, three stories, that are found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Now, this is kind of the, the high point of what Luke has to say, these stories that he tells really a focus in Luke's gospel, and he talks about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. Now, and why these are three different stories, they really do have the same theme in them. And so let me give you some context for why Jesus tells these stories. Right at the beginning of Luke 15, it says this, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. So Jesus is in the midst of a group of people who are complaining they are complaining about who he hangs out with. They're complaining about what he does. They are critical of him. And he responds by telling some powerful stories, stories about who God is and what God is really about. Jesus's wisdom is the opposite of what the religious leaders of the day understood. So let's look at a little chart that kind of spells this out. So we have conventional wisdom on one side, 
and then Jesus's alternative wisdom on the other. So conventional wisdom was God is a punitive lawgiver and judge, where Jesus said God is gracious. Conventional wisdom said a person's worth is determined by measured up, measuring up to social standards, where Jesus said all persons have infinite worth as children of God. Conventional wisdom said sinners and outcasts are to be avoided and rejected. Jesus said everyone is welcome around the table and in the kingdom of God. Conventional wisdom says identity comes from social tradition. Jesus said identity comes from centering in the sacred, from a relationship with God. Conventional wisdom says strive to be first, but Jesus said the first will be last. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Conventional wisdom says preserve your own life above all. And Jesus' wisdom says, the path of dying to self and being reborn leads to life abundant. So what we're going to look at today is this third box down where it says sinners and outcasts are to be avoided and rejected. That's what the religious leaders felt. And what Jesus is talking about is everybody is welcome around the table and in the kingdom of God. Now, I think one of the things that's um, helpful is to think about why these religious leaders had this opinion, why they were so tough and difficult. Well, it actually started for a reason and a good reason. Um, early on, Israel was one tribe among many, and Israel was trying to be this chosen people to live in a particular way. Uh, to love and to serve God. And because of that, they put some rules and regulations in place to help preserve them as the kingdom of God here on earth. Now, it's important because the other tribes of the time worshipped idols, had sacrifices, human sacrifices, and Israel was trying to be very different than that as God's chosen people. But while it started as a good thing, by the time it got to Jesus, there were large numbers of people who felt very far from God and very outside of God's love. So Jesus' ministry was about welcoming. It was about taking the despised and the broken, the lowly and the sinful, and saying they were welcome acknowledging that they were lost and that they wanted to be found. They wanted to be included in what God was doing. They wanted a place at the table. Have you ever been lost? Not lost like lost at Disneyland, which I certainly have been, or lost at the mall but spiritually lost. I mean, I think we all go through times when we feel a little lost spiritually. Today you may come and you may feel um, anxious or fearful or at loose ends. Maybe you're not sure what you believe right now. It's been a year. Maybe it's stirred up some things in your own life. 
Maybe you're lost and you're not even sure why. I want you to get in touch with that sense you have about lostness. It may be currently how you're feeling or maybe something from your past, but get in touch with that feeling of lostness. So as I read the first two scriptures, you can connect to them and hear them as the good news they are to those who are lost. This is Luke 15, starting with three going through 10. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that was lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So he starts with familiar things. He starts with sheep and coins and the familiar experience we all have of losing something. All of us have lost something. It is a common experience. For some of you, it's an everyday common experience. But nobody says, oh, I lost the keys to my car. I guess I just won't drive that car again, right? You look till you find them. You search till you find the valuable thing that you've lost. Even the religious leaders of the time had to agree that if something valuable is lost, we should look for it till it is found. But notice what Jesus does here. He starts by talking about important things that are lost, but then he turns it to the most important thing there is, human life one another. He turns to the most valuable thing and he says, there is a search and a finding for people that's needed. This is what he says in both of the stories. He ends with this piece. He says, just so I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And the second parable, he ends it, just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So who's Jesus talking about who needs to repent? I, I think in some ways it's, of course, these outsiders and sinners, but it is also these religious people who need to repent, which means to turn back to God, to realize what God is really calling us to do and be. So this is the first thing I want us all to hear this morning. We are all, at times in our life, lost. All of us. There is no one 
who goes through this life and never feels this terrible sense of lostness. Our lostness may be because we feel alienated from people. We feel different. We feel like we are an outsider. It may happen because of our age or our race or our gender. It may happen because of our economic background or our education. Some of us feel lost and estranged from others because we feel different from them. Some of us feel lost because we have a brokenness in us, a brokenness of body or mind or spirit. Some of us feel lost because of our fears, our fear of the past and our fear of the future. Some of us are lost because of how we behave and how we look at the world around us. We have become hard and arrogant, thinking of others as less than ourselves, or judgmental, holding things against others. We are all lost. We are all, at times in our life, lost. Lost to God, lost to the best self that we are, lost to one another. We are all lost, and we are all looking to be found. Let's hear now the parable of the lost son told in a modern way. Watch the video. I was restless, a real free-spirited and independent kind of guy. I never liked responsibility. It just wasn't my thing. I guess why try to be something you're not? I come from a wealthy family with lots of money. So I talked my dad into giving me my inheritance early and I just got out of town. I went as far away as I could. I just hated that uptight, restricted life. I spent money the way people breathe air, just instinctively. I never gave a single thought to it ever running out. So I bought rounds of drinks, not just for my friends, but for the whole bar. I slept with countless women. Drugs? Oh, absolutely. You name it, I did it. I just wanted to party. My life was as free and unattached as possible. Well, the money, my dad's money, that ran out. It was right around the time the economy crashed. Not that anyone would have hired me anyway. I guess with no real skills or background, I became disposable. Friends? Yeah, not the most loyal. It turns out, when the money and drugs run out, so do they. Yeah, you know, I used to stay in the best hotels and score the most popular, well, anything. And now, well, I'm dumpster diving. I used to be known as fearless. I'd always brag about what haven't I done. And now I look around at my life and all I can think is, what have I done? Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going home tomorrow. I face my dad and ask for a job. He doesn't know I'm coming, and I have no idea how he'll react when he sees me. I'm messed up, and I know that. I'm scared of how I'll feel if he rejects me. I'm even more scared of how I'll feel if he takes me back. I'm scared.
thing that we hear is that we are lost. The second thing is that God will find us. God will not stop until he finds us. There is nothing that can stop the love of God in our lives. Not our past, not our future, not our fears. Nothing will stop God. We are all going to find ourselves in times of our life where we are lost, but we can know that we will be found by the God who loves us and who never stops looking for us. Jesus told parables, stories that give us life, stories that call us to a new way, a way where we follow and trust and find. And we find that God's ways, God's ways are our ways too. And when we do that, we find the wisdom of summer stories. Let us pray.